Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell. We are so excited to be doing this particular show. We we had held off, not intentionally, just because we had other shows in the queue. We had held off doing this one. Um, it was originally supposed to start in to, to run in January, but we decided to do more goal-setting stuff. But a really, really, really important topic. Um, why? And, and, and I understand it's a little bit like everybody's probably having an, an uh, a glazing over moment right now, why your book is like starting a business. But I thought it was really important to address the biggest mistakes that authors make. And because I think it's a crucial, regardless of what you publish, whether it's poetry or a children's book or your memoirs or whatever it is, it's all, it, it is absolutely all a business. So first off, uh, Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. We we love reviews. Every, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we love a review. We also love your show feedback. We get lots of show feedback. We love that. We love show ideas. Um, so this, obviously, all as all of our shows are, they're born out of what we see out there, right? Authors who contact us, things, experiences that we have. And some authors are super strategic about what they're doing in terms of their book launch, um, but far too many authors treat their books like the field of dreams. If you remember that movie, I just watched it just maybe a month ago. Um, and you know, your book is not the field of dreams. If you build it, readers aren't just going to beat a path to your door. It's great to let the creative juices flow. Like I get that. Um, but a lot of what happens is authors throw their books up on Amazon and see just to see what happens and nothing ends up ever happening. There has to be a plan. There has to be a plan to it. I mean, you know, it's interesting because we have, so just to, to use a real world example, there's a, um, there's, it's not really like a smoothie shop. It's something in between a smoothie shop and a, and a yogurt shop. And it's weird. And it opened up, unfortunately it opened up at the end of 2019, so just before COVID hit. And it took the place of, I forget now what was there in this little strip mall in my little town. And it's not very popular, right? So there's a great yogurt shop that's been here for years and it's right, to, it's literally a stone's throw away from this place. I feel like, you know, this is a good example of a company that I think probably maybe, maybe they got a deal on the lease. Like, I don't really know, but they didn't do the kind of research that I felt like they should have done. Cause every time I walk by they're like, I see maybe one person or no people they've moved their hours, they've shortened their hours. So, you, you know, so it, 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 it matters in business. You would never open up a business without doing the appropriate research. All in this case, I think, you know, like I said, they didn't, but, um, when I started my business over 20 years ago, I mean, I did a lot of things with a lot of consistency. And one of the things that I did is I kept putting stuff out there, right? I kept researching the market and adapting to the needs of the community that we served. And things have changed in the 20, 21 years. I mean, Amy, in the time that you've been with me over 10 years now, things have changed dramatically in our, in our world. Oh yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to believe when we have conversations that like, remember when, when we were doing this, like how crazy is that to think that that would still be something that 
we would yeah, anyway, but yes, absolutely. It's amazing how much has changed. Yeah, it absolutely is. So, you know, when you start a business, much like writing a book, you come up with an idea, um, or, you know, the idea is already out there, right. And you want to, you know, you want to make it your own, you invest a lot of time and usually a good chunk of money to get the business prepped and ready. And then you launch it to the public and you hope that the, the people will spend their money, right? You hope that they'll leave positive reviews and you hope that they tell their friends. But much like my maybe yogurt shop, maybe smoothie <laughs> shop example, you would never launch a business without the proper research, market research and doing your due diligence. And that's something that is really, and I know that sounds, again, please don't turn off your phones, but please don't turn off this podcast because I know that it sounds annoying. <laughs> like, well, I want the more fun podcast where Amy and Penny are just right. venting about stuff. This is not a sexy topic. <laughs> it's not a sexy topic, but it is absolutely an important topic. And the other reason, and I know we're going to talk about this later on in the podcast, your book is an investment, right? Um, some years ago, IBPA, if you're not a member of IBPA, they are uh, Independent Book Publishers Association. They are phenomenal, but they have a lot of education. They have a conference every year. They're really, really great. But they did a study and they found that um, the average author can take two years for their book to start making money. And I know that sounds depressing, right? But there are a lot of factors when you consider like a business, the business is never expected to make money, even in the first five years. I mean, I think like even the IRS says, well, the first five years you're considered, it's considered a hobby, right? So, you know, things, things absolutely take time. So not to get too far off of the path, but Amy, let's talk about some of the ways that we see authors kind of leap into publishing without treating it like a business. And I know you're chomping to get to go first. So do you want to start? Do you want to lead this <laughs> yeah. off? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing people forget is not all books or book book ideas are created equal. Like, let's just right. be honest about that. Like just any other product or business, some are a slam dunk, others struggle to resonate to really get a foothold. So if you're writing a book that falls into, uh, say, self-help or inspirational or business, you know, be sure you really have something new and different to bring to the table. I mean... If you don't, good luck, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, because, you know, really, unless you're a household name, your ideas matter more than you at that point when you're first getting started, you know? So if, if your idea is not entirely unique and different than what's already out there, you know, go back to the drawing board and kind of turn it into that special book people are really looking for. And if your book is already out, then turn the way, you know, adjust how you present the book to the world, you know, adjust what, how you, we did a great episode on, on this that covered, uh, standing out if you write nonfiction, which would be a great, um, you know, a great companion episode to listen to with this, you know, but turn that book into something special, something people are really looking for. Unlike, you know, Penny's special yogurt, smoothie, whatever shop. (laughs) And, you know, we also see this with fiction and we see it a lot. If you're if you're already planning on straddling genres, this is another big area that Penny and I struggle with, um, with authors we work with. If, if you already know you're going to be straddling genres, you know, proceed with caution and be prepared. You know, people won't, don't want to try too hard 
to connect with fiction. Right. You know, that goes against the nature of why we, why we gravitate to fiction, you know, and what this all comes down to is market research. It's essential when developing a business plan. And it's just as essential when developing a strong book concept. And then the, you know, then the book marketing plan that will follow it to get that out into the world. So the research is really important because there's so much you can overcome with preparation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's very true. And I love the fact that you let, that you started to talk about the genre because the genre, um, you're not allowed to make up a genre for a book, right? So making up a genre for the book is like the yogurt, sometimes yogurt, sometimes smoothie shop that like they clearly had an idea for something. And I, I just don't really like you look at that and you just get confused and you move on. Right. And so it, when, when you, are not sitting in a genre. So when I talk to authors on the phone and they and I ask them what their genre is, and they say, well, I don't really know. Actually, I don't think there's a genre for this book. Like my alarm bells go off, right? So there, the, and the genre for the book matters, not just where its placement is on the book, on a bookstore shelf or on Amazon, but the book packaging. Okay. So part of your business model for your book is the book packaging, which, you know, like any business decision has to match the marketplace, right? Absolutely. You want, you know, your own ideas and things like that, but it has to be compatible with all of the other books out there that are similar to yours. Um, And, you know, then there's the goals part of it, which we did a whole podcast on goals, So definitely listening to that, but creating micro goals that is important. And part of the reason why I like micro goals is because they're more attainable. So again, when I started my business, right, I created these, you know, I created these, these, these micro goals of things that I wanted to do like this week. Right. So eventually um, this business was the only thing that I wanted to do full-time for, uh, for a living, but it took me a long time to get there. Right. So think about how you're going to break down again, think about this book as a business, how you're going to break down your bigger goals into micro goals. And we'd like, like, like I said, we did a whole podcast on that, which I had so much fun doing. Right. Yes. I absolutely agree. So just like Penny, when you started your business and essentially any successful business out there, having a plan, you know, Mm -hmm. and giving yourself attainable micro goals that keep you on the right path and prevent you from getting distracted or discouraged. That's another one. That's a very real thing. It can be very discouraging releasing your first book or even your fifth book, depending on, you know, so many factors, you know, but so the planning, being prepared, knowing, knowing the realities of what you're dealing with, knowing what to prepare for makes such a huge difference. And it's all about focusing on the right things. You know, because it's easy again to focus on the wrong things, to get discouraged. We get a lot of authors that assume, you know, bestseller status and sales go hand in hand, but you know, that's that's not always the case either. Or just because you ran an ad on Instagram, like sitting there refreshing your sales numbers, like you know, just like starting a business and getting a lot of people in the door doesn't always mean you're going to hit your sales goals. So also keeping in mind that marketing awareness, generating exposure, those, there's not a simple formula for how those equate to 
your bottom line. So I think you need to be really realistic about, you know, your book being a business. You have to understand that things like, you know, like as Penny said, awareness, marketing, getting yourself out there, that has to be constant. And you can't let that plan and those micro goals get derailed if you're, you know, just because you're only focused on your bottom line, you know, if that makes sense. Like you can't let sales, book sales for one month completely derail you from your book marketing plan. You know, you can't just throw that out the door because no business would survive if that was the case, you know? (laughs) Right. Exactly. No, that's really true. I mean, I think if I, if I had to get discouraged, like when I was originally in, you know, in business or when I published my first book, I mean, having, having realistic goals, um, is, is really important. But it's also, you know, it's also true that um, when one of the things that I addressed early on was consistency. So part of, and this is what, to your point, Amy, about, you know, getting deflated, part of what happens with authors is that they don't stay consistent because their goals are not really aligned with reality. And it deflates them and they lose momentum and they stop doing all the things, right? So consistency with whatever you do, and that I will tell you that that is one thing that we have done and we continue to do. And I am adamant about that as is Amy is we have the same sort of work ethic, right? Be out there and be consistent and keep doing all of the things because you can get a, a, a book book to bestseller landed in this bizarre unicorn category on Amazon. And I wound up with like the bestseller flag for like two or three weeks. Like it was crazy, but there were only five other books in <laughs> something. Right. And, and I'm just being, I'm just being really honest guys. Listen, there were only five other books in oh, five other books in the, that category. So basically I had to sell four books to get to the top of that bestseller list. So <laughs> I know, woohoo! Yay, I got the flag. But don't you know that I screenshot? I took a screenshot of that flag like every single day and sent it to Amy. I'm like, I still have it. I mean, I'm sure that was like the longest two or three weeks of her life. But <laughs> but the reality is, is that you know. So let's say that I was an author. I'm like, I just want a bestseller flag. That's what I want. So I have that bestseller flag, but I only sold four books to get to that bestseller flag. And <laughs> what did that bestseller flag really do for me? You know what I mean? Right. So. I, I hope that I'm not being, Amy, I hope that I'm not being too convoluted. Maybe you can write this ship. I feel like I've just gone off on some tangent. No, no. I think that's perfect because it's, it's true. You can't, I think our, the point we're trying to make with this and just like owning a business and staying the course, you know, you can't tie, you, you can't tie everything together in a neat little package. If that was the case, we'd all be very successful business owners and retired and drinking Mai Tais on the beach. Right. Right. So, right. (laughs) And since we're all listening to this podcast, that's probably not what's happening. So I think your example was great that, you know, that bestseller flag and sales, those were two very different things, you know? So it didn't end there. I got your, you got your bestseller flag. Are we done promoting the book? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? So you can't tie everything in again, in a neat little, in a neat little package when you are, when you're trying to build a business or, you know, make a successful book. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you know, I shared that bestseller flag far and wide on social media. So, you know, it's not <laughs> so, so at the same, but, but, but the, but the idea really is, is that if my goal, my only goal had been to get a bestseller flag, I would have 
stopped, stopped working. And at the end of the day, that is not how a business is successful. So you have these great milestones, you hit them. That's awesome. Right. Um, but it's not the, you know, you have to keep going. You have to keep, you know, moving the, you know, moving, keep, keep your goals moving down the road. Sorry. I like the better way to put it. No, that's absolutely true because just like a business. And then as you said, Penny, uh, it's a very, I think, um, accepted statistic for a business that you mentioned that IBPA had for, you know, a books level success, you know, two to three years is, is a pretty standard and really considered quite successful. If somebody starts a business and actually starts to see a return and they start making money within two to three years. So again, not to be gloom and doom, but it's about keeping your expectations in check because you will hit that mark if you keep it up. And in that vein, while we would never encourage anyone to use their life savings just on their marketing, it's it's fair that you know we're also honest about the fact that it takes an investment to refine your platform for sure. Um, unless marketing your book is your only job, you know, but figuring out how to present your book in the best possible light, building your exposure, um, you know, kind of creating that space for you to build from is, is just not in everybody's wheelhouse, whether it's, you know, time, knowledge, whatever. So that's another thing that, you know, starting a book is like a business. And we have this conversation with authors a lot when they're figuring out like, well, I don't know how much to spend, what's reasonable, well, this is a business. And the reality is you are going to spend money up front that, again, it's not a neat little package. So there's not, we can't give you a set date when you're going to start making that money back. But without investing time, money, combination of both in getting your name out there, um, you know, it's kind of impossible to sell anything if nobody's walking in the door, right? <laughs> Right. Exactly. No, that, that, that is, that is exactly true. Um, and I also think that, you know, it's, uh, as the market, as the market responds positively and your exposure grows, you still have to keep doing all the right things. So just like any other business, um, if you do the right things with your book and your author platform overall, and people respond to your work, um, People will start responding, but sometimes it does, you know, it does take time. And I think that if everything, you know, and one of the, we did a podcast again earlier in the year where I talk about failing fast. And I think this actually is a good, um, this is a good analogy to a business too, right? So you want to fail fast. So if you launch your book and maybe the cover's not quite right, um, maybe, oh my gosh, it did need another editing pass whatever it is, fail fast. Don't let reviews pile up on Amazon and because it's really hard to recover from that. Okay. So in a business, right. If you're, if, if, you know, we're running and we, Amy and I do this all the time. If something's not working, we fix it. We fail fast. And I think that's part of the reason, you know, other than our work ethic and the fact that we have the same sarcastic sense of humor that we've worked together so long because we, we both are fans of failing fast. And I think that is also, Um, that's also definitely part of, you know, being, you know, being in business. Um, but there, one of the things that I, that I think is important to mention here is, and it's, it's easy to get caught up in this. How many books will I sell? Right. Um, I always tell authors, I have no idea. And they kind of look at me like, 
I'm drinking, which I'm not, <laughs> but, but okay. it, it, it is a really difficult, it is a really difficult thing to predict. And when we talk about making, you know, setting goals and things like that, I would really discourage you from setting sales goals and using sales goals as your metric of success. Right. And, you know, that's a very good point, Penny, because I think what a lot of authors don't, the way they view approaching us, they're like, this is it. This is when things start happening for me. And we absolutely want that too. But the reality is we start working with authors, a lot of them, when their business is just starting, you know, we're there to help them because their business never took off. That book never really took off the first time when it was launched a while ago. So that question about how many books will I sell? It's like, you know what? We're all on this roller coaster and we're excited to see how this turns out as well, you know? Um, But that's why a lot of authors actually come back to us for multiple releases or they work with us longer term. Because those are the authors that realize there's really no shortcut to to success. You know, they they realize that this is, they are continually building their business. And just like any business any of us have in, you know, in our local areas, the, the the successful ones are doing promotions. You see, they've got a great social media account. They get mentioned in local publications. You know what I mean? They are doing things to keep their name out there. And that is exactly what you have to do for a book and why, you know, we, we love working with authors longer term or return clients that really understand the value in continually breathing new life into their business because more people know about you, the more positive reviews you get, the more revenue you'll make. Like that is a more consistent path to follow, but you need to start in the right place with getting your name out there and putting yourself in the best light. And I think just to, to sort of close out the show, um, the business, your business decisions are like legs on a table or legs on a chair. And those are the things that help create this foundation, um, so that your table doesn't collapse. And, and it's maybe a little bit of a silly example, but decisions that you make for your book cover. And so many, so many times we see authors who just throw something out there, who just throw something out there. And it's, it is tempting in an age where anybody can get published and there are cover design systems online where you can have a cover designed this afternoon. Um, but you got to spend the time and the more due diligence that you do, the more that you understand and research your industry and you know what the industry needs and you show up giving them what they need, you will be successful. We can, and, and a lot of times when we, when Amy and I talk to authors, you know, we get off the phone and we're like, yeah, that person's just got it going on. Like, this is a really exciting thing. And we get excited about that because they have, they have all of their pieces in place and, and, and we know that they're going to be successful. And then other times, you know, we talk to folks who say, I want to hit the New York Times bestseller list and sell a thousand books a day. Can you help me with that? I'm like, hmm, maybe, but <laughs> like if you haven't, you know, if the book isn't right for the market and if you haven't done your market research and the cover doesn't fit the genre or you have no genre, that becomes a little bit of an impossible climb. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I think, you know, we talk about this a lot. And just like anything else that kind of hits the news, it seems like 
the idea of a, a best-selling, you know, indie author, they just come out of nowhere. That's really not a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, no one's become a best-selling author without working their butt off and being yeah. disappointed a thousand times over. That is the reality. And again, that's another not sexy thing that often doesn't get, you know, translated for the rest of us. We just get to see the awesome success story, but just keep that in mind that your hard work, it, it, that is, that is the author experience. It's, it's not unusual. You are doing hopefully the right thing. So, you know, stick with it. This was not meant to be a scary episode by any means. If anything, it was meant to be encouraging, you know, that there are great, there are ways to be a successful author and, you know, using a business mindset can really, can really help you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope we were, I hope we were encouraging. I hope we didn't, um, we weren't too buzzkill, but we appreciate, we appreciate so much that you're listening. Sometimes the hard things have to be said. And that is at the end of the day, what we're here for. Thank you so much for tuning in to the book marketing tips and author success podcast. I'm Penny Sansberry here again with my fabulous host, Amy Cornell. We'd love a review. Please don't say we're boring. (laughs) We would love a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.